This is WMUA Amherst, and you are listening to... Another 122,000. He says if he doesn't get it right away, he's going to blow us out of the water. And he means it. All right, pay him. Pay him what he wants. We've got to turn the faucet off on hunting these Cubans, sir. They are out of control. Executive clemency. What? Hunting the Cubans have nothing to lose now. Pardon them all. Nobody's going to investigate a crime for which the criminals have already been pardoned. Yeah, I like that. It'll never do. Pardoning them means we're all guilty. The press, the people go nuts. Well, what am I supposed to do? Just sit here and watch them coming closer, eating their way to the center? I Lyndon Bugs, so did Kennedy. FDR cut a deal with Lucky Luciano. Christ eating Eisenhower and a, a mistress. What's so special about me? Huh? There's another thing, sir. Bob and I are going to have to testify before the Urban Committee. Are you not? You're going to claim executive privilege. You're going to stonewall it all the way. Plead the Fifth Amendment. They can't force the president's people to testify. Executive privilege will just make it look like we're covering up. We are covering up, God's sake. Now, there are things I can say when other people say them, they'd be lies. When I say them, nobody believes me anyway. So goddamn worn out with this. Hello and welcome to Barbarian in the Valley, newly situated on WMUA Amherst from 10 to noon on Saturday now. No longer on Sundays, but on Saturday. And not just on Saturday, but Saturday on a campus that's actually up and running. So in my imagination, in every room, on campus, my voice is kicking out and waking you up. Hey, wake up. Wake up. It's beautiful outside. Let's go outside. Now this is Barbarian in the Valley, the first hour, and we do our best to avoid coherency at all costs. And each week we have a theme. Of course, each week... We have a theme, and this week's theme is, wait for it, plausible deniability. That's right, this week's theme is hearts of gold. I said this week's theme is actually, plausible deniability, or hearts of gold. Now you, our listener, may have once upon a time found yourself in a pickle, but I reject that outright. I can't imagine that at all. A cucumber that large is impossible. And so now you're lying to me, are you? 
And if you go and tell anybody, then I'm going to tell them that you lied about this. So you really should consider the consequences. But now hold on. What are we doing here? Why are we fighting? I am the BIQ. I'm the barbarian in question. And you, because you are listening, you are my barbarian kin. And we cannot grow apart. No, you and I are in it for the long run. For the long haul. For eternity. Now, laid out before us is that Connecticut Valley. So soft and sweet and supple and verdant green. And we are on the mountaintop in our barbarian lair. And we must get across that valley. Now, we can do that peacefully or not. It's up to you. I leave it up to you. So follow me down in descent. Because it's time to go to the show. I was working for Sammy Easton, and he'd have me, and he owned a Cadillac, and he'd have me drive him around, and he and his wife fought like the hell. They just fought. You know, I'd pick him up, and he'd, I'd come in to get him, and he, Sammy Easton used to, uh, there was a horse racing track there, a trotter track, and Sammy Easton used to always get tips on, you know, races that he thought were going to be thrown, and he had me bet on horses. So this one time, it, this was after I graduated from high school. I was working for him. And uh, my dad, my father had told me, because I'd been accepted to this college, but my dad told me that I had to save 600 bucks or he wasn't going to pay the, t- he wasn't going to pay, he wasn't going to help. I had to save 600 bucks. And I was just screwing off, you know. Every single penny that I made at uh, Easton Lumber, you know, I was spending it on girls or booze or clothes or something, sunglasses or something. And I hadn't saved any money. Sammy Easton, he gives me $1,000 in cash. This is a huge amount of money. This is like, this is 19, uh, this is 1970. He gives me $1,000 and he tells me which race. I, I don't remember the details, but it's like seventh race, the name of the horse. He tells me, he wants me to put it on the nose on this horse, bet it to win on this horse. So my mother always liked to go to the races, and uh, so I was living at home. I told her I, you know, I was going to the races that night. She asked me if she could come along, and I said, of course. And we had Sammy's, uh, we had Sammy Easton's Cadillac, and so we, she got in the Cadillac. You know, my parents were kind of down on their luck at that time. So my mother gets in the Cadillac, you know, this is like, um, this is like my dream, you know, my mother's so proud of me and I'm driving the boss's Cadillac and we're going to the races and she knows that I'm there to place a bet, thousand dollars on this horse, you know, and we don't bother sitting in the bleachers or anything. But anyways, you know, the first few races, you know, my mom looks at the, the race program and she picks some horses, places a couple $2 bets and stuff like that. So the big race is coming up. And I got $1,000 in cash, and my mom is just enjoying the races, and she knows, whatever this race was, I'm thinking it's like the sixth or the seventh race, and then the name of the horse, you know. She knows what I'm there about. She knows I've done this a number of times, never, never with $1,000, however, usually with $100, maybe 150 bucks or something like that. And I've had experience that Sam Easton's horses, that where he, where he says the race is fixed, I've had experience that they don't pan out, that his horse doesn't win. So the race comes up, 
And I leave my mother at the rail and I say, I'm going to go place the bet. And I walk in there and I get in the line and I wait for the line, you know, and the time on the race is getting closer and closer and closer and my line's getting shorter and shorter and shorter. I'm the next one up at the window and I get out of the line. I step out of the line and I don't place the bet. And I walk back to the rail and then they say, and they're off. And the race begins. And I say to my mother, I didn't place the bet. So whatever this horse was, we did not want it to win. <laughs> and it was doing pretty good in this race, you know, for a while. But geez, I mean, my mother was so nervous. She was so nervous. Her whole life depended on this, you know. But the horse didn't win. I don't even remember that it came in, you know, first, second, or third. But the next day when I saw Sammy Easton, you know, he already knew this because he, you know, he followed the races. He knew he didn't win. And he asked me for the stub. And I said, but he never told me to keep the stub. I said, I didn't keep it. He said, okay. And I had my 600 bucks hmm. for college. You know, plus that's 400, plus 400. Yeah. Huh. Well, here's the thing is, is my mother asked me later, what were you going to do if the horse won? And I told her I was going to take you home and then I was going to run this Cadillac into a telephone pole and tell him I never made it to the race. <laughs> that right. was my plan. Not a bad plan. I mean, it might have been. And then I'd issues. have to give him the thousand dollars. But well, I would yeah. have never made it to the race, you know. You'd have to give him the thousand dollars and he probably would have been pretty pissed off about the car. Yeah. Yeah. Субтитры 
thing I'm just curious about what your thoughts are on this. You know, I joined Facebook the first time and I did everything to private and then I started this group for Barbarian in the Valley and as soon as I did it, it locked up on me, right? Yeah. So they froze my account out and they wanted a picture. I sent them a picture. They still they boxed me out and then I had you start the page and you started the page and then I went on Second time, different, like, use my phone number. And I actually, I didn't set anything to private. And I said, and I did, like, invite some people to be my friend. But as soon as I joined the group you started, I got boxed out again. And I got to think that a company as big, corporation as big as Facebook, probably knows more than you or I about geopolitics and stuff like that. So... I'm wondering if they're, in fact, right and that we are, in fact, involved in something larger. We, you and me, are, like, a part of the problem and maybe even unconsciously uh, aligned with the Russians or something. Well, all those flags on your jacket seem like a cover to me. Oh, yeah. Do you have any Russian blood? It's really over the top. What's over the top? Me me and my American flag. Yeah, it's over the top, and that's what I'm saying. And let me tell you a quick story. September 10th, no, September 9th, I was at the World Trade Center, 2001, September 9th, waiting to go to New Jersey to practice with my band. And I was sitting right at the plaza. Oh, yeah. I'm I, you told me this. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was sitting there just, like, watching people from all over the world enjoy the fountain. And then this Russian guy came up and gave me a newspaper. And he didn't say anything. He just gave it to me. And then just kept moving. 
so of that newspaper were the secret nuclear monsters. Well, I don't. Th- I'm not the part that you're missing out. Saying that, I'm just saying like I'm a believer in psychic energy. You know, the transfer of psychic energy. They've identified us as aligned with uh, nefarious external foreign sources. Do we just go with that and make that our lives now? I, I just think we go with it. Now, I don't know if it's Russians or not. Like, I like Russian culture. You know, I think that uh, Facebook knows better than you or I, my friend. And I say we embrace it. The only thing I, I don't like of this is I'm not a huge vodka fan. Uh, you don't like vodka? Yeah, no, it's not your first choice. I think you can get other things in Moscow now. And it's not like the Soviet Union. Like, you can get all kinds of stuff there. And I'm thinking we'd be actually pretty treated pretty well. We'd be like Oswald in 56. I mean, I don't understand Russians. I do understand that it could be cool to be famous there. Or we can just keep teaching high school here. But I, I gotta be able to, well, I gotta be able to bring my family. It's cold. I, you know, I love my country, kinda. You know, I know you do. You say you do. Here's the other option. I move forward, I eliminate you somehow. I don't know. Or I stay here. I stay here and eliminate you. I don't know. I feel like you would be something like the way that you get rid of me is to do the playing a game of racquetball or something. Mm -hmm. That is a good cover. And yeah. Yeah. I could well, just smash the you team and they, they, they get, got that guy in, in broad daylight in, in England. Yep. It'd be something like that, except, boom, straight to the heart. Or. Stop the heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or I could just smash you with the racket. Or I could cut well, the brake lines in your van. That would be cool. I mean, or you could fix the brake lines with my van. Right. <laughs> I could fix them and you could hit the brakes and cut through the windshield. <laughs> so you finally got breaks. All right, this is this is we'll have to we'll have to address this another time.
Cause it'll give me time to think If I had the chance I'd ask a one to dance And I'll be dancing with myself Dancing with myself Sweat, 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 sweat.